Hello, I'm Willie George, and I want to welcome you to part 14 of our podcast, The Spiritual Man. And we're talking about how we receive from God as spiritual people. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, International Standard Version. A person who isn't spiritual doesn't accept the things of God's Spirit for their nonsense to him. Nonsense meaning they don't make sense. And we've talked about the difference between revelation knowledge and sense knowledge. Sense knowledge is knowledge acquired through seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, feeling. Revelation knowledge isn't any of those. We hear with a second set of ears. You can either hear it when you're reading the Scripture or when you're hearing the Scripture proclaimed, and I think that's the most powerful thing. And it's really more powerful when you are hearing your own voice decreeing the Word of God. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, you saying the Word of God out loud, and you hearing yourself say that is, I think, the most powerful way to build faith. Now, we're talking about how spiritual people went to the land of Canaan. Some were able to conquer it, some did not. And we're talking from Numbers 13 about the 12 spies who went into the land of Canaan. Ten of them said, we can't do this. Two of them said, yes, we can. The land of Canaan was set up for a step-by-step conquest. Now, I want you to think for a minute about a boxing manager. No boxing manager in his right mind puts a young fighter up against the champ in the first few matches of his career. It's a foolish move. If you want to develop your boxer, you've got to build his confidence, and you put him in fights that you know he can win. He has to know he can win these fights. And so as he wins fights, he builds confidence. He gets stronger and stronger. He learns more about boxing. And once he graduates to the point that he has eliminated all of the challengers beneath the champ, then it's time for the title match. And that's what a good boxing manager does. God is no different. God does not lead us into places of defeat. He doesn't lead us to places where there's no possible way to win. God may lead you into a place that requires supernatural help, but He will never lead you into anything that you can't step into. And this is so very, very important. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. It doesn't say that God delights in the leaps of a good man. God delights in these steps. Why? Because these steps are things that God is using to develop the man. You know, the the Bible says it in the book of... um, Genesis that Abraham journeyed going on still toward the south. That's, I believe, in Genesis chapter 12. And you know what it means? It means, or it might be Genesis 13, but it means that he, God led him on in easy stages. That's the literal meaning of that. God didn't lead Abraham in great leaps. He led him on in easy stages. And that's what we see in the margins of the Bible there in Genesis. And so it is God's way. So he lays out our conquests on a step-by-step basis. I say this to young people who are learning how to follow God, both in their personal lives and in business. I tell them, if it isn't a step, it isn't God. Oh, I remember when I was going to step into the TV ministry to do Gospel Bill years ago. 
I had this idea that I could record all of my children's church sessions in this huge coliseum where we were doing kids' church for a great camp meeting. Now, I was going to have to pay for a TV crew to come in there and set up and film. That was going to cost about $60,000. The hall that was being rented was a union hall, which meant that I had to buy out the contracts of all the union guys, another thirty dollars or $40,000. So just to record these episodes of the Gospel Bill Show, I'm going to have to come up with $100,000. And at the end of the day, what do I have? I have raw footage. I have no music background, no bed, no, no editing, no open for the show, nothing. I couldn't sleep at night. I was troubled about this. I thought, well, it has to be God because it's big. But it wasn't big. It was foolish. And so God led me to cancel that. I, I, and when I finally did cancel it, the TV guy that I was going to deal with said to me, you know what, I haven't had a good feeling about this either, but he was going to go through with it as long as I was. So God thankfully led me by not giving me peace. And you know what happened when I made that decision within a week, another TV guy came to me and said, I can do 39 shows for you. I can edit those shows. I can broadcast those shows, put them on television. I can give you 39 episodes in a year, and you can pay me $4,000 a month. <sighs> Man, what a deal. It was so different than the first one. You know why it worked? Because it was a step-by-step -step conquest. Now, we eventually spent way more than that, but not in the beginning. I had to learn how to step into doing our TV show. God lays out conquests step-by-step. Step. Now, learn to have faith in steps. Steps will always take you closer to your ultimate destination. They may not get you there overnight, but they will get you closer. And here's what steps do. Steps always elevate your view. When I've climbed mountains before, it's amazing what happens when every now and then you turn around and look back down and you realize how much ground you've gained. That's encouraging because you realize, wow, I did way more than I thought I did. Your faith grows with every step you take. Now listen to what God said to Moses and the children of Israel about these steps. He said about the Canaanites and the wild beasts, I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Does that sound like God is in the business of leading his people in great leaps? No. You inherit the land a step at a time. And by the way, God said you will inherit the land when you fight for the land. So you can't get your inheritance without a fight. Now, there were 10 natural men, completely natural men, men who focused only on what they could see at the time. And these are the spies who were sent to the land of Canaan. Two of the guys were spiritual. They believed they could do it. But 10 of them did not. Caleb believed that the land could be taken. And here's why. 
because Caleb remembered that God brought ten plagues on the Egyptians. Caleb remembered that the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. He also remembered that they didn't have to work any miracles to do this. You know, Moses didn't even work a miracle. God told Moses to stretch out his rod. Lift up your rod over the sea. He lifts up the rod and the sea parts. There's nothing supernatural about lifting up a rod. So they walked across the sea on dry ground. The supernatural stuff belongs to God. God will never ask you to do the supernatural. Never. Uh, Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What's my part? Laying hands on the sick. I don't have to recover them. I don't have to heal them. All I have to do is lay hands on them. I can lay hands on them. And so if we're not careful, we become so focused on the supernatural part, we think I've got to do that. No, you don't. God doesn't call you to the supernatural part. God calls you to the natural step. You take the step, God does the rest. That's how God leads. And you take the step that he puts in front of you. Now, these 10 guys that said we can't do it had completely forgotten the Red Sea crossing and the 10 plagues of Egypt. And by the way, it was only two years before that they had seen all this stuff. And they had the pillar above them uh, at, in the daytime that covered them, the cloud and the fire by night that warmed them out there in the desert. They had manna that God was feeding them. God was opening up rocks and giving them water out of the rocks. I mean, they had amazing provision, but they didn't factor any of the supernatural stuff God had done up to that time uh, into their conquest. They, they only looked at things in the natural. So here's what they said. Number one, Numbers 13, 28, they said the cities are fortified. Now, we need to look at this in the positive. You know what this means? It means these people fight with each other. This is not an empire. You know, back in Egypt, if you fought one Egyptian city, uh, you would have to fight them all. Now, Rome had not become an empire yet, but later on, if you fought one Roman outpost, you would ultimately have to fight the whole of the might of the Roman Empire. But Canaan was not an empire. It was a group of city-states. They did not trust each other. This is the reason that their cities were fortified, because they did not get along. And so you could conquer one city at a time. You could do it by steps. They said also, in Numbers 13, 28, the cities are very large. What does this mean? It means that this is the place that God had for Israel. It's a land that can handle our population. I believe that the population of the Israelites was roughly the same number as the population of the Canaanites who lived in the land. Then we read Numbers 13, 28, and 29. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Adak there. Those are giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Seven different people groups. Two sets of Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Jebusites, Amalekites, and the children of Anak. Seven different groups. They're divided. These nations are divided. So they do not have blood ties that keep them together again. You can fight them one group at a time. The land is spread out. They are not in the same place. They can do it without having to worry about someone hitting them from just behind them because these people are all over the place in the land. Numbers 1332, uh, they said that the land is a land that devours its inhabitants. I, I looked this up one time when I was studying, and it, and, it, and it says that there was a plague 
that was sweeping over the land, killing all the people. So the land was being slowly depopulated by this plague. So these people were already experiencing the law of sowing and reaping. All of their unclean habits and unclean practices were already taking a toll on them. And then in Numbers 13, 22, Ahiman, Shishai, Talmai, the descendants of Anak were there. And they were saying, look, they're, they're in this one city, we got three huge giants. There were probably other giants, but you know, the whole land was not full of giants. If the whole land was completely full of giants, they could never have gone there as spies. Uh, the minute they walked into the land, the giants would have said, look at all the little guys. So when there were giants, they articulated this. They talked about it. And so there were giants in a number of different places, but there was by no means a total population of giants. So uh, here's what you could do. You go in and you got 600,000 men of war. You got three giants. That's 200,000 per men. If everybody throws a big rock, you're going to kill a giant. I mean, you're bound to hit him with 50, 60 rocks, even if you miss most of the time. They're going to kill the giants. And when they do kill the giants, they're, they're going to scare the daylights out of everybody else in the country. This is a perfect psychological setup. It's set up for a huge psychological victory. Then... Uh, the Bible says they went up through the south and they came to Hebron. And then it says uh, Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. That's Numbers 13, 22. Now this is what is very, very significant. Hebron. If you don't study your Bible, if you don't read the book of Genesis, you wouldn't know this. But Hebron is where Abraham is buried. It is where there is a field called Machpelah and a cave called Machpelah. And Abraham bought this cave to bury his wife Sarah. Later on, Isaac and Ishmael buried him there. Isaac and Rebekah are both buried there. Rachel is not buried there. The wife of Jacob, she's buried under an oak tree further north in the land of Canaan. Uh, but, but Leah and Jacob are both buried there. Now, this is interesting to me. I love this stuff. This is fascinating. Listen to this. I'm going to lay out these names. The name Isaac, we in English start it with an I. In Hebrew, it is a yod, a, more of a Y sound. Uh, Sarah starts with an S, Rebecca with an R, Abraham with an A, and Leah starts with an L. Now, in Hebrew, this is how you would spell Israel, I-S-R-A-L. There it is. The E sound before the L is a vowel marking. It's not a separate letter. So basically, when they came into the city of Hebron, where those giants were, uh, there was evidence there that their people had been there a long time before this. And, of course, then Jacob was also buried in that tomb, and his name was Israel. So this is what you see when you come into Hebron. You see Israel, 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 Israel. This is your land. In other words, it's a double statement. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. It's God's way of saying, you're not the first one to do this. You know... When I was believing God for a TV studio back there as a young children's ministry, I sowed a seed into the ministry of Oral Roberts. I sent him some money. And the reason I sent money to Oral Roberts is because Oral Roberts was a wonderful television evangelist. And I, and I saw him as a pioneer of that kind of ministry. And so I gave to his ministry to sow a seed because I wanted to become a TV ministry. 
Oral Roberts wrote me back a letter, and it was very encouraging. But, but here's what I saw in that. I wasn't the first one who had to believe God for TV gear. I certainly won't be the last one. You see, somebody's been down this road before you. You're not the first person to fight the fight of faith. Isn't it encouraging to know that you're walking in footsteps? There are thousands of other people who have been before you. It may seem frightening to you. You may think that you're the first one to do this, but you know what? You're not. You're not the first one. You are one in a long line of faith people to conquer these giants that are set before you. So I would say to you, learn how to factor in the supernatural. Caleb was full of faith because he thought back to what he had seen at the Red Sea and what he had seen in Egypt. And you know what? When we go back and we look at our heritage, our heritage is a supernatural heritage. We didn't do all of this by natural means only. We are a spiritual people fighting spiritual wars. And this is how we conquer. Well, we're going to get into it again tomorrow in our next podcast. That'll be part 15 of The Spiritual Man. Don't miss it. Thank you very much.